just want to speak about taking our seat, you know, really coming into the present moment and uh, coming into our experience, experience of our body, how we emotionally feel, what's going on in our mind, and being aware of, you know, that we are also like a Sangha, an online Sangha. At the moment, there is 96 uh, participants and probably a few of uh, two, so maybe about a hundred people. And then also we are part of a species Homo sapiens, which is undergoing like a very powerful uh, initiation right now, you know, as we are starting to understand more about the impact how our ways of living has had on the on the planet and that we are you know, right at the edge where we start to see that we just can't go on like this anymore. It doesn't work. So it's a kind of a collective rite of passage. And I think, you know, now when we are going into the so-called new year, which is just a convention, but, you know, it's something we can uh, use uh, to think about this much bigger rite of passage we are already in it, you know, more or less consciously. And uh, I think you know, we've all been hoping that things going to stop, you know, the whole COVID will stop and then we can go back to how it was before. But more and more people realize and we all individually realize deeper and deeper that we're never going to go back to how it was before because we just can't. It's impossible. And I just want to bring up one, you know, just one uh, fact. For example, the average American currently, you know, uses per year about six, uh, 30 to 60,000 pounds of CO2. And if we want to live sustainably on this planet, we have to make it down to 2,000 per capita. So that's a big job you know and we can only do that collectively we can only do that through systems change and we can only do that through really working together and to you know start to understand on ever deeper levels how much we are actually together in this and how much we are part of the planet and we are all together in this there is no way that we can do that individually but we can all individually prepare our minds through meditation and you know, to become more sensitized to the way things really are. And if we are more sensitized to the way things really are, we can be deeper affected by reality. We just need to become more vulnerable to reality, how it really is. And then through that being deeper affected, the system will respond the mind will respond if we, you know, look at certain things in our experience consciously and systematically and again and again and again, it's going to have an effect on the mind. That's what meditation is all about, you know, to have certain features of experience we consciously pay attention to. And then if we look at those things, for example, impermanence is one of those features or suffering, dukkha, 
You know, if you consciously turn the mind towards that again and again, it starts to change the mind. And, yeah, and that's exactly what we're going to do in this retreat. It's just like another, uh, you know, it's just another retreat where we again do the same thing. We're trying to uh, become more sensitized to the way things truly are and then change through that ultimately more and more. And so, you know, so that we can allow the truth to allow reality to set us free. And, you know, really realizing that we are actually much vaster and much tougher than what we think we are. And we can do this. Particularly, we can do this together as a, as a Sangha, as a species, you know, as a spiritual friends. That's where Sangha is the third refuge, because the Buddha knew very clearly, you know, how difficult it can get. Even, you know, he didn't expect probably... Uh, what we are going through at the moment, you know, as a global community. But he knew that the going gets sometimes extremely tough. And then, you know, what really helps is to be together in this and to um, take solace from the fact, you know, that we are not alone. And we are not doing it just for ourselves. You know, we're doing it for everybody and not only for uh Human beings, we do it for all beings, other than human beings, many more beings than just us. And it will, you know, it will ripen us to the next uh, uh, level of consciousness, which we can access, you know, if we make an effort. And... Uh, because we really need to see that we don't have any choice left. You know, there's no other way. We can't manipulate uh, the planet more. We have tried and it has backfired badly. We need to change the way how we are on the planet. And that means, you know, we have to change ourselves. That's the only way which is left to us now. And I think more and more of us realize that. And that's actually a really good thing, you know, because it's also... Uh, turns us back to the tools we already got. You know, the Buddha has uh, provided us with everything what we need, you know, in order to uh, break through those layers and filters of delusion. We have the whole equipment. We just need to really do it and need to really m be motivated enough to take on the discomfort which this uh, produces, you know, of course. And you know we know from uh, we know from system theory that uh, at point of the greatest greatest stress, then you know emergent properties of a greater intelligence of a wider way and a deeper way of seeing they can become available, and it's always in in connection with great stress, or often in connection with great stress. And at the moment, you know, there is you know, great stress there uh, for us as we see the repercussions of our delusion. And uh, so these emergent properties, which typically manifest in times of greatest stress, 
you know, this is the create uh, creative potential which we can access, and that will enable us to to do the next step. You know, to to know what we can do, to know how we can uh, create new ways of living on this planet, and to have the the will and to have the strength and to have the grounding, you know, to really uh, stay steady with this process and take advantage of this biointelligence of the planet, which we are part of. We don't need to all, you know, kind of invent it ourselves because we simply can't. But we can open ourselves to this much deeper way of... Uh, connecting and that requires vulnerability and that requires uh, you know the sharpening of our hearts and minds so that we can see more clearly and you know in order to stay steady while working for this healing of ourselves of our you know society of our planet we need to remember very, very often that we are actually not other than this planet. We are part of the planet. We are not just like walking around on the planet like on a stage, but we are simply part of it. And our whole body is, is borrowed from the elements. So the body is like a... In the Vajrayana tradition, the body is sometimes compared with a, a riding animal or a mounting animal, which is borrowed from the elements. And of course, you know, these elements are part of the planet, part of this vast biointelligence, which we are, we are part of it. But we need to learn to trust it and we need to learn to listen to that and, you know, take away all of those filters all of those layers of uh, conditioning so that we can hear clearly you know what is the next step what can we really do what can we really do in order to adjust in order to come down from this vast uh, way of squandering you know our resources how can we live in accordance with reality with the limits of the biosphere and you know this uh, meditation on the elements can be really a very helpful uh, tool you know to bring us into contact with that truth on a regular basis you know we can make that part of our practice I think it's a very very uh, appropriate practice for this day and age you know to remember that we are simply part of the planet and we are not special. We are just one of the animals and we have just been really uh, very conceited and, and foolish and, and now we know it and now we need to do something about it and we can. And uh, so this element meditation helps us to shift identity from personal identity to a much bigger identity and basically you know if we keep on going with this meditation where we end up we end up in realizing emptiness anatta 
So it's not, you know, that it takes us away from our practice, but it is a, a practice which is also very practical. That's why it's a practice. It helps us to live more sanely. And at the same time, we also, you know, progress on the path to full awakening. That's a, a, a double practice. That's exactly what we need. Because if we don't live what we know to be true, it's not deep enough, you know. We really, really need to embody it. So it really kind of sinks in and leads to a deconstruction of old views. And uh, we understand ourselves, you know, ever more as, as Dhamma, really. Dhamma meaning nature. And it leads to not non-clinging because we understand, you know, there is no, uh, makes no sense to try to cling to earth element, water element, fire element, wind element. It cannot be controlled or only to a very small extent. But what we can do is we can align ourselves with that truth. That with, is within our power. And that's what we need to do. And, you know, and through this deeper experience of connection with something much bigger than ourselves gives us also a sense of, of you know, of, of enrichment, a sense of wonder, a sense of inspiration. And, you know, when we feel enriched, then we can let go. And when we let go, then we are not attached. We feel a sense of freedom. And when we have the sense of freedom, we feel we have arrived. You know, we have arrived at that which really matters in life. And it's that sense of freedom from clinging, which is like the... You know, we can say the central fruit of, of our practice. And uh, needs to freedom from fear, needs to freedom from uh, suffering. And the Venerable Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, said, we are here to awaken from the illusion of our separateness. And that's exactly, you know, what this uh, meditation on the elements can help us to uh, do in a very, very simple way. And I have also a quote here from my first teacher, Ajahn Buddha Dasa, and he said, uh, the entire cosmos is a cooperative when we realize that the world is a mutual, interdependent, cooperative enterprise, then we can build a noble environment. If our lives are not based on this truth, then we shall perish. So, 
this meditation on the elements, which I'd like to, you know, guide us in now, it's a, it's like a prescription the Buddha has given to us. He doesn't tell us, you know, what the elements are, but he gives us guidance so we can directly experience them for ourselves. And uh, that alters the sense of how we experience ourselves. It helps us, you know, to uh, let go of these perceived uh, limitations. And it's, it's very simple body scans and you don't need to experience anything in particular. Just, you know, listening to the guidance and, and go to the body parts I'm mentioning and then just allow just the system to do its job. You don't need to do it. It's just uh, being there and being open to the experience. So we can start by finding a, a seat, finding a posture for, for about 40 minutes or so. And... Uh, Just starting with um, biting our teeth together for a moment and, and feeling this hardness of the, of the teeth. That's uh, the quality of earth element, hardness, structure. Gravity also pulls us down. So that's earth element, just very simple. And we can, you know, feel the earth element in the teeth, which are called the tips of the bones. We can also grasp, see it on the fingernails when we press the fingernails or in the bones also, earth element. Now we're just starting on the top of the head and being aware of the hardness of the skull and the teeth and you don't have to do anything in particular just knowing that in the head there is earth element and just allow that recognition to come to you this is this bio-intelligence. The mind is not in the head. The mind is throughout the whole body. And more than that, the body is in the mind. And then we come to the neck with the vertebrae, earth element. It's just a slowing down and you know, becoming conscious of that which is always there. And then one shoulder, earth element. 
upper arm earth element. Lower arm earth element. Hand earth element. The other shoulder earth element. Upper arm earth element. Lower arm earth element. Hand earth element. And then we come to the torso with the spine and the ribcage earth element. The hips, pelvis area, earth element. One upper leg, earth element. Lower leg, earth element. Foot, earth element. The other upper leg, earth element. Lower leg, earth element. Foot, earth element. The whole body is permeated by earth element. Earth element internally and earth element externally are exactly the same earth element. Earth element is empty, empty of a self. The mountains and the rocks are exactly the same earth element as the bones and the teeth. There's no difference at all. And if we don't eat food for one or two months, if we don't ingest earth element, this body will fall apart. Now we become aware of the sense of gravity which pulls us towards the earth. And the earth also has a water element. Otherwise it would just be quicksand if it would be only earth element. Water element is the quality of cohesion, wetness, liquidity, fluidity. And we can 
you know, become aware of water element in our mouth, in the eyes. Or in the flesh, you know, which is permeated by blood and other liquids. So the soft flesh between the bones and the skin, that's what we use to um, reflect on water element. And we start again with uh, one foot. water element, flesh, and then lower leg, water element, upper leg, water element, And then the other foot, water element, flesh, lower leg, water element, upper leg, water element, and then the hip area, water element. Torso, water element, one hand, water element, lower arm, water element, upper arm, water element. And the other hand, water element. Lower arm, water element. Upper arm, water element. And then both shoulders, water element. The neck, water element. And the head, water element. This whole body is permeated by water element. Water element internally and water element externally in the lakes and rivers, ocean and the rain is exactly the same water element. Water element is empty, empty of a self. And if we don't drink beverages or water for three, four, five days, the body will shut down. This body is totally dependent on ingestion of earth element and water element.
and in order you know, for water element to sustain life, it has to have a certain temperature. If it's too cold, it freezes, gets hard. If it's too hot, it evaporates. So it needs to be a certain temperature range. And temperature is fire element. Hotness or coldness coming from the sun. Or also from fossil fuels, you know, which are old plants and other bodies which have been uh, dying and but they also grew through the sun. And we can become aware of the fire element on the skin where the skin meets the air. And we can start again at the head, becoming aware of fire element. Also in the mouth we can feel the heat. Neck, fire element. Both shoulders, fire element. Both upper arms, fire element. Both lower arms, fire element. Both hands, fire element. Torso, fire element. Hips, pelvis area, fire element. Both upper legs, fire element. Both lower legs, fire element. And the feet, fire element. This whole body is permeated by fire element. Fire element internally and fire element externally. The sun or the heating in our house, it's exactly the same fire element. And you know, for a human body to live continuously, it needs about a certain temperature range between 4 and 38 degrees Celsius. Don't know what that is in Fahrenheit right now. And uh, so we are very dependent on fire element. And fire element is also empty, empty of a self. And fire element is actually motion. Heat and warmth is motion of molecules. And that brings us to the wind element, which is uh, 
stands for the quality of movement, mobility, vibration, expansion and pressure. That's the wind element. And we can become aware of the wind element if you pay attention to the breath. And if we don't breathe, you know, for three, four minutes, for most human beings, there's exceptions, but for most three, four minutes, the body shuts down. So we are totally dependent on the biosphere for everything. With the breathing, it's very obvious, even three to four minutes, and that's how I end. So this meditation is a very good uh, support for realizing this interdependence, the conditionality, that we actually never ever cut the umbilical cord between the planet and ourselves. Never, not for one minute, we are constantly in exchange. And it's so easily overlooked. So the Buddha gave us this uh, toolkit, you know, so that we can actually consciously turn our mind and look at particular features of experience which, you know, set the mind straight, basically, which slowly but surely, you know, works away this filter of separation. And it, it interrupts the belief that there is truly an inside and an outside. Because it looks like this to our sense organs, but it isn't like it, as this meditation has shown us. So we ever more clearly, you know, can uh, have a, a direct experience of the fact that we are really part of nature. It's impossible for us to uh, control nature. Well, just a tiny bit, yeah. But it's completely um, futile to try to, you know, have any permanent control over this body. It's aging, gets sick, and it dies. Because like everything else in nature, it's impermanent. So that can lead, you know, to a letting go, to a opening and an allowing and at the same time a recognition of being part of something much bigger than just this little person. Being part of a vast, vast, vast process. Which is now, you know, 
shifting on this planet because certain limits have been breached. So now there needs to be a shift and we adjust in this process now together. And we having still the privilege, you know, to be able to have a meditation retreat. A very precious opportunity. And we don't know how long it's going to be possible for us to meet in this way. There's so much uncertainty now. It has always been like, but it wasn't conscious. It's just, you know, coming home, so to say. Hitting home, I think one says. How vulnerable our situation is. And at the same time, it's really good news that we are waking up to that truth because it's necessary for what needs to come next. A way of life which is more in harmony with uh, the limits of the biosphere. Being aware of the breath and of the fact that this could be my last breath. And allowing that uh, constant change, 
to change us. Let go of some of the old modes of thinking and doing and being and opening to what wants to come next, what wants to emerge out of this unraveling of old inappropriate ways of perceiving. And a very important part for that to happen is, you know, also open to the grief, open to the fear, open to the emotions which are activated by, you know, getting closer to the truth. And the emotion properly digested will give us strength to move, to act, to do something. Not from reactivity, but from this inner guidance. The Dhamma, nature. or biointelligence, how it's called in Western parlance. This process is going on since uh, over four billion years on this planet. It's not going to stop now. It's just a very rough patch now. And we can help by clearing our minds and hearts to be a vehicle for this process. Not just for ourselves but for all life. And that sets free a lot of joy actually. A sense of joy and uh, aliveness, really.
energy. It's nothing less but a real adaptation to reality. There's a body of work out there now which is called Deep Adaptation. You can uh, look it up in the internet. Deep Adaptation to the limits of the biosphere and at the same time, you know, in the Abhidhamma when we read about the mind which uh, experiences path and fruit, that's also the adaptation mind moment, when the mind adapts to the truth it has seen, emptiness. So this is a practice. We need to embody what we know to be true, otherwise we will not be changed. And everybody has something different to contribute according to karma, I'd say. But there's something for everybody to do, not only to sit on the cushion. But if we come from a mind which is uh, close to the process then we will be reactive but if we can open the mind we will flow forth from this deeper intelligence which we can access through vulnerability to reality And this uh, meditation on the elements is one tool to hone our system so it can connect with something much bigger than ourselves. Because we are not separate.
So for the last 10 minutes, just uh, sit on your own. Then I'm going to ring the bell. Just, uh, you know, holding this sense of vastness, of constant exchange. There is no real boundaries between us and planet Earth. We are the planet. And through that we are connected with the entire cosmos which has given birth to this planet four and a half billion years ago. It's mind-blowing really to reflect on that truth. And that's exactly what we want. We want to blow the old mind carefully and lovingly I want to blow it apart because it's just not up to the job anymore And everything needs to be included, the body, the heart, the emotions, and the mind.
so that's the sound of earth element knocking and uh, that's the end of our meditation today